You are listening to the Superbomb is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 23. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. I hope you are all doing well and finishing up school or are all finished with school. It's such a fun time. I've always appreciated being on the school calendar, you know, whether it's being as a parent or a teacher. I love the cyclical nature because the beginning of the year is exciting with your new pencils and your new notebooks. And the end of the year is so exciting with just being done with everything. I feel kind of bad for people who work year round and never get like a cyclical nature to it because it's just so fun. And being on an elementary school campus the last week is just the best place to be. Teachers are happy. The kids are happy. So I hope that you've got some happiness going on in your house. But if you don't, then let's listen to today's question coming from Stephanie. She says, help Tori. I'm nervous about the summer. I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I want to be one of those chill moms that loves hanging out by the pool sipping lemonade. My kids are five, seven, and nine, so I've done this enough times to know that I'm not a great summer mom. I love the structure that the school year provides, but I'm not good at creating structure for myself at home. I sign them up for swim lessons and some other activities, but I'm nervous about not getting enough time by myself. I have friends that love the slow-paced, lazy days of summer. I like the idea of it, but the reality is I'll probably be crazy by July. How can I make the most of my summer? Well, I think that's a good question, Stephanie. I think a lot of people can relate to it. You know, for parents who are stay home, it's a really dramatic shift if your kids have been in school all year, like all day long, and all of a sudden they're around all the time. If you have... A job that continues sometimes that into the summer. Sometimes it's helpful for sanity purposes, but it's really hard to do all the scheduling for the kids and you know figuring out their summer camps and stuff. So it's it can be tricky for stay home moms and working moms for different reasons. This sounds Stephanie like you're a stay home mom. You didn't say it, but I'm going to guess that. So before I dive into the life coaching answer to help Stephanie stay sane and anybody else out there who might be struggling with the same thing, I want to just mention some parent education stuff about the kids. And like, what is the best way to kind of like optimize summer for the kids? So summertime is important for so many reasons, but really the mental, emotional, and physical health of children, it is crucial. There are two pastimes that will optimize this quality time for kids, downtime and pursuing passions. So sometimes parents wonder like, well, what should I do with my kids during the summer? Should we do, you know, (laughs) flashcards and workbooks and things like that? And I'm going to say that's not a high priority in my opinion. My opinion, the highest priority, and when psychologists, when they study kids' brains, it's downtime and pursuing passions. So children's brains need the lazy, slow-paced days of summer to, one, integrate learning, 
things they've learned, take it in all year. They got to integrate it. Two, to build relationships. And three, to recalibrate to life without stress. If you think about how our brains are wired and our bodies too, but we're wired to live in a very slow paced, quiet society, right? Like like not having as much stimulation as we have coming in today and input. And there's a lot of stress that kids just by having to get up and be in a hurry all the time is stressful, right? Like, let's get up, let's get out of the house, let's go. And then they have to keep their bodies still while taking in a lot of information. That's not really how our bodies and brains are designed. So there's inherent stress with that. So summer is a great time to discover and pursue passions they might not have time for during the school year. If your child loves baking, allowing her extra time to get creative in the kitchen is a great use of summer. Whether it's building a hammock out of duct tape or learning to dive into a pool, giving kids time to choose activities freely increases the motivation parts of their brain. So a highly worthwhile thing for kids to do is to choose what they want to learn, what they want to focus on, what skill they want to master this summer, or what do they just want to play. I have to apologize, kids and tired moms. The negative consequences of screen time on children's physical, mental, and emotional health are still outweighing any positive effects. So find passions to pursue in the real world to maximize summer. Even if they say like, but I, my passion is Fortnite. <laughs> TV and video games are too psychologically stressful to be considered downtime. Okay, so now we got the kids squared away. Let's talk about the mama. Stephanie, you sound like a classic obliger. So Gretchen Rubin wrote a book called The Four Tendencies, which describes four different tendencies that come into play when someone wants to change a habit. One tendency she calls an obliger. So obligers have an easy time meeting external expectations. We show up on time for appointments. We remember to attend back to school nights, things like that. I consider myself an obliger, so I'm saying we. But we can have a hard time with internal expectations, like just going to the gym because we want to, or making time for ourselves, or doing things that we want to do you know, accomplishing our goals. So you say in your question that you do well with the structure of school, but are worried about getting enough time by yourself. Other tendencies, like an upholder or a questioner, they have an easy time meeting internal expectations. Meaning if they want to lay in the sun and read a book every day, they do it. If they want to work out, they head to the gym easily without any drama. The problem for obligers is that the kids start to take on the role of external expectations. It's easy for us to obey the demands of others. And when nobody's putting demands on us, except for our kids, we kind of think that the kids are those externals. You know, mom, can you drive me to Sophie's? Mom, I'm hungry. Mom, can we go to the pool today? It's almost like we lose the ability to hear our own voice when other people's expectations are put upon us. It's like we feel imprisoned by the demands of our kids. So we wait for them to be happy and satisfied before we can listen to our own voice. You know, we end up just kind of getting the scraps at the end of the day. We think, okay, I'm going to spend all day making sure my kids are happy and they have what they want and what they need and they're fed and they're taken care of. And then whatever's left 
that's for me, this is tricky for obliger moms. This is why so many of my clients are obligers because we just get exhausted and resentful and we don't know how to change it. And we kind of lose the, like I said, the ability to hear our own voice. So we don't even know what we want. We don't even know what's wrong with this. Obliger moms have an especially hard time being home with kids all day. So rather than wishing that you were the kind of mom who could just chill and enjoy a slow-paced summer, learning to work with your natural tendency will make life so much easier. Here are four tips to help oblige your moms enjoy summer more. Number one, recognize that waiting for your children to be happy and satisfied isn't working. They will never push you out the door saying, go take care of yourself now, mom. (laughs) If you want to feel better this summer, it's going to have to come from your desire to give your kids a happy summer mommy. Number two, start every day with a paper and pen. Asking yourself this question, what would I love to accomplish today? Okay, so this question is very specifically worded, so I'm going to repeat it because I don't want you to change the words. What would I love... To accomplish today. Okay, so it's as these words I love and accomplish are the important ones here. Because it's so easy as moms to get caught up. If you're a stay-at-home mom and the kids are putting demands on you, you work all day, but you don't ever get a sense of accomplishment. You don't get that sense of completion, even though you can get very exhausted from just going through the motions. So really focusing on accomplishment but also focusing on what you would love to accomplish. And maybe your accomplishment is that you want to spend 30 minutes reading your novel. That's perfectly okay. (laughs) But asking yourself the question every day will tell your brain what to focus on. Okay, so question number one, what would I love to accomplish today? Write it in your journal every morning. Number two, how do I want to feel while accomplishing these things? So maybe I want to be relaxed while I'm sitting by the pool reading my book. Maybe I want to feel productive when I'm cleaning the kitchen. Maybe I want to feel present when the kids ask me to play a game with them. Okay, so that's number two. How do I want to feel while accomplishing these things? And then I think a question at the end of the day is really helpful. It just like helps you sit in the driver's seat of your brain and tell it what to focus on. So I want you to think about when you look back on your day before you go to bed, what will you be most proud of? What thing will you do? And maybe it's being present with the kids. Maybe it's, you know, inviting friends over for a play date. Maybe it's, you know, the fact that you ate healthy and didn't pig out on donuts when while the kids ate their donuts. I don't know. But sit in the driver's seat of your brain and tell it what to focus on. Okay, so we're looking at four tips to help oblige your moms enjoy summer more. This is number three. Build in external expectations. Have a friend meet you at the gym. If you're trying to go to the gym every day, don't just think you can do it on your own. Know yourself well enough to say, you know what, I'm probably going to flake on myself, but I know that if my friend's meeting me there, then I won't flake. So schedule a friend to meet you at the gym. Tell your kids that you have an appointment with your book at three o'clock. 
And it's their job to make sure you don't miss your appointment with your book. (laughs) So you can kind of assign your kids as your external accountability to do the things that you really want to do. Sign up for a class for yourself. What's something that sounds fun that you'd like to learn more about? Maybe take an art class, take a yoga class. I don't know, something that's external that you know you'll show up for. Make an appointment with a life coach. Like I said, a lot of my clients are obligers because they do so well with that external accountability. All right, the last tip is to use a timer as your external accountability. It just helps to have that external thing buzzing at you. I have 15 minutes to clean and then I get to relax. You set the timer for 15 minutes and then when it goes off, ah, permission to sit on the couch. (laughs) Or you can tell your kids like, yes, I will drive you to your friend's house if you'll let me read for 30 minutes first. And then as you set the timer, it's kind of like there's an external factor that's helping you give yourself permission to do what you want to do, whether that's read a book or, you know, exercise or just, I don't know, watch the show. Okay. So the world benefits from obligers. We keep the world going round, right? (laughs) We are great employees. We are great on the PTA. But putting ourselves last has a cost to it. It's time, mamas, to prioritize your goals, your dreams and desires, and to show your kids the value of pursuing things that are important to you. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is compare and despair. It is so easy to compare and despair. We go on Pinterest or Instagram and we see other moms so happy and creative and we think we should be different than we are. Everyone else seems to be having an easier time than us. So we just assume that like we should be different. We should be better. Instead of thinking that way and doing that compare and despair, Try thinking about adapting your life as a mom to your particular personality. If you like external expectations, just accept that that's who you are and sign up for classes. Make appointments with friends, with professionals, with life coaches to help you work towards your goals. If you are introverted and you need extra time to be inside your own head, respect that. Check a new hotel, buy yourself for two nights, pay for it in advance, and then that acts as your external accountability. You know, when we put money down for something, that really helps us do it. So if whether that's an art class or for life coaching or to take a day by yourself, go to like a retreat, put the money down on it, and then you will make sure that you get to go do that. So take time every day to reflect on how things are going for you. Rather than comparing and trying to think like everybody else has their act together except for me, look inward. What do you miss? What do you yearn for? Like, what do you miss from before you had kids that you wish you still had today? Motherhood is not a one-size-fits-all. The goal is to give your kids a happy, fulfilled mom. So make sure you're paying attention to who you are and what you want rather than what everyone else is doing. Today's Supermom Power Boost is to read the book, The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. 
So understanding your tendency can help you have compassion for yourself and for others. Compassion always feels good. It always boosts our energy. So if you get frustrated with yourself, why can't I be more easygoing? Or why is it so hard for me to break this habit? This book will help you. It'll answer those questions of like, oh, here's why, because this is not how I'm wired. There's no one tendency that's better than another, although Gretchen Rubin says that obligers don't tend to like being obligers, where the other tendencies like themselves more. I thought that was really interesting. Like rebels love being rebels, upholders love being upholders, and questioners love being questioners. But obligers are the only ones that tend to think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. But the book is written and presented in a way that there is no best and worst. It's just about accepting who you are and working with it so you're not arguing with reality, whether it's against yourself saying, I should be different than I am, or against your loved ones. Your kids should just obey me. (laughs) My husband should just do it the way I want him to do it. You know, we get really frustrated when we argue that they should be different than they are. I wish this book, The Four Tendencies, had been required reading before marrying my rebel husband. It would have saved me years of frustration trying to get him to do what I wanted him to do, trying to get him to be more like my dad was, who was an upholder, who's the total opposite of rebel. So, and raising a rebel child oh my gosh, that came with its own brand of craziness. (laughs) And I could see the rebel in her. I think it started around six months old with the food. And boy, it did not get easier around age four. I remember just going crazy. So it's so helpful to learn and understand that this is just how our kids are wired, our spouses are wired. And since all teenagers have a rebellious streak, I recommend reading How to Motivate a Rebel for anybody raising an adolescent. It's a helpful chapter. Make sure you read that one. Whether you are an obliger, a rebel, a questioner, or an upholder, understanding and accepting your tendency makes life easier and more fun. We tend to project our expectations onto our family, thinking they should be more like us. But when you identify your loved one's tendencies, it's easier to enjoy them for who they are. Today's quote of the day is by Gretchen Rubin. One of the best ways to make yourself happy is to make other people happy. One of the best ways to make other people happy is to be happy yourself. Good luck, supermoms. Have a great summer. Talk to you next week. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.